Welcome to the New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, the New Mind Creator. Today, I'll be interviewing Bailey Wasdale. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, please leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify. So where did you grow up and what was your experience like when you were growing up? Um, so I was born in Calgary and that's where I grew up most of my life. That's in, in Alberta. So I'm from Canada and um, I grew up, um, I, I spent a lot of time growing up around sports and I think that's a result of, um, you know, kind of my, my upbringing, my parents were, they were younger parents. Um, I was born when my parents were, were quite a bit younger. And so I think a lot of my upbringing with them was, it was kind of a do as I say, not as I do type thing. And um, by that, I mean, you know, they wanted me to have opportunities that they didn't have when they were, when they were growing up. Um, and they always wanted me to have a life that was better than the life they had. And, um, you know, as a result, uh, I, I spent a lot of time growing up uh, playing sports and um, that was something they didn't get to do. And I went to university and that was something else they also didn't get to do. And um, I actually ended up playing uh, university football um, for eight seasons, which is probably a little bit longer than uh, what what listeners in the States might be used to. Is I think the collegiate career in the U.S. is closer to four or five years. Um, but I, I would say for the most part, I think, um, you know, I had definitely some unique uh, aspects of my of my life so far and fairly young life. And um, but I think on t- even more so than that, um, you know, I, I think lots of people have had unique experiences and a lot of defining moments in their life. Um, but I think what what I would say is really differentiated me is more than the experiences I've had is sort of the ability to the ability and the skill to just reflect on those um, and find a way to sort of ascribe meaning to those experiences um, in a way that sort of allows me to to learn more about myself and move forward in a way that uh, is more intentional and um, just kind of take those experiences as information um, and sort of building a life that's, you know, a life that I, that I intentionally choose and, and want and, um, you know, so I, I think that's really a skill um, that anybody can develop. And I think more than, as I say, is more than having unique experiences. It's just having that, um, you know, that skill or ability to, to, to reflect on them and to grow from them. And I think anybody can develop that. And when you were growing up, did you have a dream of what you would be doing in your life as you, you know, when you became an adult? Yeah, d- definitely. I, mean, I think, you know, f- I think for a long time, a really long time, football was was my dream. And that was kind of the only thing I thought about. And um, yeah, I certainly I wanted to I wanted to have some significant mark on the world and I wanted to have some sort of influence. And um, I always thought football was going to be that avenue for me. Uh, I always thought that was sort of my best chance to um to sort of rise to a level where I could lead people and and influence people and have a positive impact in the world. And 
um, I think that was my dream for a, a long time. And um, I think as I got older and further down the line in that, uh, in that journey, um, you know, I started to realize that I had other skill sets as well. And it just had kind of transitioned for me. Um, I still think of football in a way as sort of leading uh, to that same goal. Um, I, I, I often think of a quote from Peyton Manning, and of course, NFL Hall of Fame quarterback. And he said, the end of my football career is just the beginning of something I haven't even discovered yet. And that resonates with me so much because um, when I reflect on my on my experiences as an as an athlete, as a football player, a lot of the lessons I learned and um, those experiences have kind of they've shaped me into um, you know who I am now and have allowed me to to kind of have the perspective and leadership skills and whatnot that are going to continue into what I do now. And, you know, now for me, it's I'm more on the business side of things. Um, I graduated with a business degree and uh, I'm working towards my CPA designation now. And so um, the path has changed a little bit for me, but it's still the same. It's still say, sort of the same path in the sense that um, all the skills and experiences are, are still contributing towards sort of the legacy and impact that I'm trying to build and have now. So, um, you know, I'm still so grateful for that original dream and uh, it still serves me today. But again, I think that just goes back to being able to reflect on those experiences and use them to learn about yourself. And have you always had that mindset of reflecting on things? Yeah, I think I've always naturally been sort of inclined to be reflective. I think more than other people, um, more than the average person, I would say. Um, but, but it's also something that's developed and, um, you know, I just, I just like the feeling of being intentional. And I think, uh, every time you make a decision, you have a chance to learn something about yourself. And I I kind of think of the pattern as you make a decision and as a result, you sort of, you feel, you feel some sort something as a result of the outcome, um, you know, you, you might choose to, for example, you know, you, you might exercise, you might choose to, to be fit and healthy. And as a result, you feel a certain way. Um, having chosen to spend your time or your energy or whatever it is a certain way. And, it, you know, if you, if you take a moment to kind of reflect on that and, and go, okay, you know, here's why, here's what I do when I feel good. And here's what I do when I, when I don't feel so good. And, um, you can kind of, you can kind of create a more intentional life that way. And I think the more I realized that the more it became addicting, um, to, to live an intentional life and to, to sort of, to sort of choose to do more of what you love and what you want to do and, and do less of what you don't. And, um, and yeah, just sort of kind of, um, yeah, just sort of, sort of build that intentional life. And, and so, yeah, it was a skill, I think that just, it grew as I, as I continued to move forward. Why did your friends begin calling you the quarterback philosopher? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, actually. So, I, I mean, it's funny cause I, um, 
I think as a as a football player, as an athlete, maybe we don't always necessarily get the reputation of kind of being being the most um, cerebral. Um, you know, t- typically people think of athletes as kind of the jocks and you know the meatheads and whatnot. So, um, I I actually self published a book uh, last summer, and and that was that was really the book. Really, is just a a product of of my own self reflection, and I think um, you know that that's kind of what I really like about it. Is I think it's it's really accessible for for people, and it's relatable because it's not heavily research-based um, in the traditional sense. It's, you know, research-based in the sense that your life is an experiment. And, you know, I consider my life an experiment. And, um, but the experiment is only useful if you, if you reflect on it and draw conclusions um, from, from the events that transpire. And so I sort of took a summer, a few months, um, and I just... And I, I just, I just got quiet and I got kind of still and, um, I just allowed, allowed the thoughts to, to kind of flow out. And, um, you know, the, the book is a result of, of just reflecting on my experiences and, um, sort of ascribing meaning to them. And, and so the, my friends that kind of read the preliminary drafts of the book started to, to kind of give me that moniker, the quarterback philosopher. And what's the title of your book? Uh, the title of the book is Stay the Course, Exploring the Five Major Pillars of a Life of Authenticity. And what are the five pillars of a life of authenticity? Yeah, so that's that's a, that's a great question. Um, and essentially the, the whole premise of the book is to try to is to try to, to bring the concept of authenticity into a way that's understandable um, and kind of cut through all the, the kind of buzzwords of it and just make it relatable to what people have experienced in their own lives. And I think intuitively people understand the concept of authenticity. Um, but once you go from sort of intuition to in creating kind of an explicit definition um, I think it makes it a lot clearer for people to, to action on it and to create greater alignment and authenticity in their life. And so the pillars are um, authenticity of self, which is kind of creating that definition of authenticity. And then next I go into authenticity of service and then authenticity of finances and work, which kind of leans on my, on my background as a, as a business student. The fourth pillar is authenticity of relationships and friendships. And then the final pillar is authenticity of others. And that just sort of deals with kind of um, how, to, how to deal with when you perceive authenticity in somebody else. Why is it important to have authenticity in your life? <laughs> um, there's a there's there's a couple of strong reasons and first of all authenticity so the way i kind of think of it is you you have kind of what i refer to as your true self which is the set of values and the set of intentions that you hold that you've internalized um and then there's 
And then there's sort of, I call it the cinematic self, which is the way you show up and the way you interact and sort of what you say and what you do, how those uh, convey what you value and what your intentions are. And so it's really sort of a psychological phenomenon. Um, and there's, there's actually a term for it, which is uh, incongruence. And what that really means is when the cinematic self, which is how you're showing up, is at a level that's sort of below your true self, which is, again, the values that you hold in, internally, that you've internalized, you kind of, you just feel, you just feel not right. And um, often you hear people say, I just don't feel myself. I don't, like, I feel off. Um, you know, they don't, they don't quite feel right, but they don't necessarily know what it is. And it's sort of a lack of, um, it's sort of a lack of integrity between those, those two selves. And a lot of times people will feel they will feel this incongruence and they don't necessarily know why. And, and that's kind of what I'm trying to say is, you know, you, um, can you get to a point where as a result of making a decision, you feel certain, you feel certain, uh, way, which could be incongruent with, uh, the best of who you are. And are you able to take that as a trigger and reflect on it and say, okay, why am I feeling like this? Um, you know, because I'm not, I'm not living up to my fullest potential and acting as my true self. And then you create an intentional pattern to, to change that behavior. And a lot of times what happens to people is they kind of go through life and they just have that feeling that incongruence and they never stop to reflect and go, uh, you know, why am I feeling this? Or, you know, they don't know, you know, people go, yeah, I felt that, but I never thought about it, you know? So um, I think the point I'm trying to make to people is you have that available to you uh, to reflect on your experiences and your decisions and say, okay, um, you know, I feel my best. I, I feel as, as though I'm my best self when I choose to spend my time and my energy and my money this way and, and then be intentional about uh, doing those things more often. And, you know, I think that's a great place to be if you can develop that skill. And, um, you know, I, I think that's uh, I think that's a kind of intentional life that anybody would want to have. So the ability to be reflective is a component of bridging the gap between your cinematic self and your true self values. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And just being able to take it as a trigger um, you kind of, when you, and there's different triggers that I talk about in the book and being able to recognize those as moments when you've sort of lost that integrity. Um, now, you know, and, and I think integrity, that's such an interesting word to me. Um, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what that means. And I had that conversation, I had this conversation with somebody else the other day. Um, and I would say typically people think the word integrity is, you know, you do, you do the right thing or, you know, what do you do when no one's watching kind of thing. Um, but I would, I would argue that a better definition of integrity and, um, you know, integrity, the root word is integer, which means whole. Um, and 
you know, I, instead of thinking of it as what are you doing when no one's watching, I think a better way to think of it is what are you doing when you're watching? Um, because, you know, integrity and authenticity is sort of between you and you alone. And um, it's not necessarily doing the right thing because that could be different for everybody. And so, you know, the point I'm trying to make is it has to be the right thing for you, not necessarily, you know, the universal blanket right thing. And, and so, you know, if, um, if you're, you know, it, like it's really, it's really popular right now, nowadays to be concerned with environmentalism. And uh, that's kind of a big, that's kind of a big topic. And, um, you know, if that's not something that resonates with you, then that's fine. You know, that's the point I'm trying to make. So to be, to have integrity means to act in alignment with the values that you truly hold. And it's that simple. And it doesn't matter what values you hold because there's no, there's no sort of negative consequences for having any set of values that you want, but there are psychological consequences for not acting in accordance with them. So if you don't want, if you don't value this, you know, doesn't matter if other people do, if you don't value it, then you don't need to act according to it. And, um, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's kind of, I think that's a big thing that people need to get their, to wrap their heads around is, is uh, you don't need to value things just because somebody else does. You just need to act in accordance to what you value, whatever that might be. What is your one to grow on? What valuable piece of information would you like to leave our audience with? Um, yeah, I mean, I would just say, um, you know, just to kind of build on that, um, you know, to do, I wouldn't worry about, you know, what is, what is the right thing to do? I would worry about what is the right thing for you to do. And um, I think that takes a lot of faith um, and you don't necessarily have to, you, ha- you don't necessarily have to have religious faith, but I think you have to have faith in something. Um, and that just kind of helps you make it through the short term when, you know, maybe it seems like it would be more convenient to, to kind of, show up as something other than yourself um, in order to get a short-term game, a short, a short-term gain. Um, but you need to trust that in the long run, the best outcome for you is going to be to, to just know yourself and to act in accordance with what you understand to be your true self. Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornoy.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.